0: Welcome to the Dr. Mudgill podcast. I'm Dr. Mudgill. Through this podcast, I'll be sharing stories that I find personally inspiring and that I know will inspire you too. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Dr. Chithra Durgam. She was featured in Gary Vaynerchuk's recent New York Times bestselling book, Crushing It. She's a dentist, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a mother. She has a great story and I know you're gonna love it. All right, y'all, welcome to my podcast. I'm super, super excited to have a legend here. Um, this is Dr. Chithra Durgam, who was featured in Gary V's New York Times best-selling book, Crushing It. And, uh, you know, we became Instagram friends because I was very inspired by her story. And I think you guys will all love to hear, too. I don't know much of her story personally either, so it's very exciting for me to dive in and learn more about Chithra. and, like, I mean, you know learn all about her hustle and, you know, what brought her to the tremendous success that she is now. So welcome, Chitra. Welcome to my podcast. Super excited to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is like such an honor, really. Uh, I appreciate yeah.
0: it. Honor is all mine, trust me. Um, so I guess like with this sort of thing, I generally like to start with the beginning, you know, where you grew up, um, you know, just like your childhood, what kind of, you know, I think those sort of backstories really lend to your development into you know where you are today so let's start with that. Um. Sure
1: I actually um so I've been uh, moving quite a bit in my childhood so but I spent a majority of my childhood in Colorado so I was there for 12 years
0: and what do um, your folks do like did you were you born in Colorado?
1: Um, I was born in Indiana So we kind of headed west from there. So my my parents my mom is an accountant and my father is an engineer.
0: Okay, cool.
1: So they uh, yeah. So we ended up moving to Colorado and uh, you know we lived in a very non diverse neighborhood. Grew up doing kind of different things than all my friends were doing. So we did a lot of outdoor activities, skiing. Uh Um, My parents were really. you know, in terms of their focus with us, they really pushed us to be street smart and street savvy, as well as academically smart. How, how
0: many? Do you? How many siblings do you have?
1: I have one other sibling, okay. six years younger than me.
0: Okay. Yeah, my brother's seven years older than me, so kind of similar. Yeah. So you yeah. you're the oldest.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, so we, um, so we learned a lot of different things, you know. Like my dad wanted us to learn how to drive a stick shift car oh, wow. manual, even though, you know, it's kind of not necessarily the most important thing. Yeah. He just wanted to challenge us, and he always gives us different opportunities. He's always wanted to push us to take risks when we were younger. And even if it didn't work out, it's what did you learn from that? Right. And um, that was basically my entire childhood was all about that. And so I think from a young age, I was pretty much learning a lot about how to just be able to do my own thing and not worry about what other people thought Wow! like it was expected of us to do well but in school for instance like I was on the debate team and I'd wear like a suit jacket to school and I was like really like serious about it nobody right. else would do it sometimes people would be like why are you wearing that right. but you know like I was, I was kind of just forming my own personality and mm. I wasn't really letting other people's um, mindset or opinions uh, bother me at all and so from a young age, because I had that and because I also kind of looked different, honestly, than everybody else in my neighborhood. Yes. I was probably like the only person that was non white. Same here, so, I was like Hilly really Brown. So yeah, so there. you learn a lot about, you know, kind of being internally focused. What is it you want to do? And so from there, um, you know, it set a great foundation for me. And my parents eventually moved to Washington State where they are now. Mm-hmm. And um, then from there I went to washington university
0: in st louis for undergrad and then went to northwestern for um dental school mm. wow it's a it's, it's quite quite a story there are your parents <laughs> yes. first generation were they born in india and they came here for yes, work exactly and your younger siblings uh you have a sister you said or my brother a brother okay cool mm-hmm. yeah. um so i mean i have a very similar upbringing for me too Like, you know first generation you know my family came from india my parents came from india i was born here and the same sort of thing, like, you know, I was the only brown kid in, in my neighborhood. And I think by right. the time I got to high school, there were three of us. And it's just, it's amazing. It was only, I mean, I'm 43 now, so it was, you know, like 30 years ago-ish. But it's just, I mean, people thought that the three of us, although we looked nothing alike, that we were, like, related to each other and, like, siblings being, like, the only three brown kids. But, you know, it was inter- like, growing up, it's funny because obviously I knew I was different, but it's just like you kind of assimilate and you know it really until I got older I didn't really real, I obviously I realized that I was different but I just always kind of thought of myself like everybody else you know hmm. Um even though there was like you know there's like the little bit of racism and all that sort of stuff growing up when you right. sort of grow up as the only person who's different Right. but I think for me personally it was when I was much older that I realized that wow like I'm really going to embrace this difference like it's a really special thing but it sounds like for you if you, that sort of happened very early on, and like your, your, sounds like your dad, I'm sure your mom also kind of really encouraged you to be different.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember thinking, like, my friend, she when I was younger, she, like, when the first album that she gave me was a Motley Crue mm-hmm. record, Yeah, as yeah. As well as how old I was, and, um, you know, like, I was interested in academics, and she was interested in something else, and even though everybody had their own path, I was still focused on whatever it is I was doing. But I would say, in some respects, in terms of my childhood, like I think I was noticeably, um, you know, affected by the fact that I looked different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got into college that I think things changed, mm-hmm. and I started to realize like this isn't such a big deal anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, it did make a difference for me, I think, and. Uh, I remember when I was young, I was like, I want to move to a more diverse neighborhood. want I yeah. wanna get older, I want to go east, where like you know, there's like different communities. So it definitely made a, an impact on me, and I think because of the, my childhood and because of some of the experiences I had to deal with, I think it makes me more empathetic. Like I wasn't necessarily the most popular person when mm-hmm. I was younger, but then when I got older, I kind of feel like it everything changed 360. Mm-hmm. And because of that, now, like, whenever, whenever anybody reaches out to me or if somebody has a question for me, I'm very empathetic to understanding, like, where they're coming from, maybe some of the insecurities they may have mm-hmm. if they lack confidence trying to build them up. And I think that has helped me more than anything. And it's really reinforced, reinforced in me that, you know, when you have bad experiences, sometimes when you're younger, it actually can be a benefit to totally. you yeah. um, at some point in your life.
0: Totally, yeah. I, I totally agree with that 100%. Did your parents, like, push you into, like, a medical field? I mean, obviously, this is, like, a sort of an ethnocentric statement, but, you know, like being Indian, you know, mm-hmm. it's sort of, like, a really big thing in our culture. To, like, you know, you got to be a right. doctor or a lawyer or something. You know, but medicine... Yeah, I being, saw was,
1: the discussion like, you had with your mom. Yeah.
0: Talking
1: about that. Yeah, I think that, for me, it was not the case. Uh, they never expected us, they just wanted us to work hard mm-hmm. and live to our potential, but it was never expected for us to go to medical school or go to down school or be an engineer. And so I actually was trying to convince them that this is what I wanted oh, to wow. do and had to have a good reason as to why I wanted to do wow. it. So it was wow. a little bit different. My parents are very uh, open-minded and somewhat different for, you know, parents having have immigrated right. from India. I think they... They wanted us to learn to adapt to our culture, but they also wanted us to make sure that we were able to fit in and be confident in whatever it is we were doing.
0: Wow. It seemed like they were pretty progressive, like pretty hip. Yeah, for extremely fancy progressive. family. Yes. Okay. That's pretty awesome. So then what motivated you? What were your reasons? You said you had to justify to your dad and mom why you wanted to be a dentist. What, what were those reasons?
1: So to be honest, when I was younger, I was very um, introverted, mm-hmm. like, like when I was much younger, I which is that. surprising yeah. to some people, <laughs> yeah. but I was very introverted and I think I still carry a little bit of that with me now because if I go to a party, I love sitting with one person and learning everything about them right. in that one you know hour. And so when I was younger, I explained to them basically that I think this is the best for me because I want, I have somewhat of an entrepreneurial spirit. And I wanted to eventually own my own office. In the same sense, I wanted to help people improve their lives and something that was a little bit more cosmetic focused. And I felt like dentistry in that respect and having a family would be ideal for me. And so that's pretty much what I was explaining to them at the time. And at the end of the day, I always had a real, you know, entrepreneurial spirit in terms of what I wanted to do eventually. And then I realized as I've gotten older that whatever it is like you plan, things kind of change so much. So all that planning that I was thinking about when I was younger, like things are so much different than what I expected. It's almost as if it's better to just kind of take things as it comes. Um, And so when I was explaining to my parents, I had told them that I was interested on the business side of
0: you know, dentistry
1: and learning more about how to market my office and cool. do a good job of doing that.
0: So, you so knew that I, before you even went to dental school? Like, this was all sort of thought out back then? When I was
1: really young, to be honest with you, I haven't told this story to anybody. My father had a magazine that had George Soros on it. Uh-huh. And regardless of whether you believe in his ideas yeah. or not, his progressive approach to helping people who are in need, whether they're drug abusers or whatever it may be was very inspiring to me that somebody that had money who had earned it um, and did all these things entrepreneurial wise was able to help others so I definitely felt like that was the key to being able to help others and I thought that in some respects whatever I do in the future uh, in terms of helping people that that would be one step towards my ultimate goal of really making an impact in the world.
0: Wow that's pretty deep for for like an 19 or 20 year old.
1: To yeah, it was defi- it's definitely like based on my upbringing. My father always had like these business books around. Some of mm-hmm. them were kind of more on the fluffier side, mm-hmm. but some of them were very, um, you know, really good. And so even now, like after learning more about Gary, I haven't really read that many books, but I recently read one and it kind of inspired me back to like my high school days of, you know, like learning more about entrepreneurship on the, right. you know, without all the fluff. It's really interesting to me.
0: Like what? What was the book?
1: It's a book by Dave Meltzer, connected to goodness. Uh Uh-huh. He's a phenomenal person. Um, He's pretty strong in Instagram and he has two books, both of which I read in one sitting. Wow. So it's very impactful, really good stuff.
0: Wow. I'll check it out. I've been like on this crazy tear like the last like seven or eight months, like literally reading like tons of these types of books so I'll put that on a list. I have like a, you know, like literally stacks of books over here, like, you oh, know, wow. stuff that I've been that's reading. True. Yeah. I and mean, that's kind of how I fell into Gary, too, just kind of like, you know, someone that I met. And I was going through some stuff in my practice, like staff turnover and sort of a period of this intense self evaluation.
1: <laughs> so yeah. Totally. So, um, yeah, going you know, through those times is tough.
0: It's really tough, but I think it really helped me a lot. You know, I'm glad Good. I went through it because, you know, I just kind of hustled through it and sort of reevaluated like myself, you know, and right. that's kind of what motivated all this sort of stuff too. Like the things that I want, you know, sort of be more, you know, be more on social media and doing these sorts of things like podcasts and stuff like that, because it's, uh, you know, it's fascinating to me to like learn from other people, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so you went to dental school and how did you fall into being a pediatric dentist? Is that something you always wanted to do?
1: So actually I'm a general dentist. Um, all um, right. I'm, I am a pediatric dentist, but I am a general dentist, but we do see children here. Okay. Um, and uh, so my, maybe um, part of the reason why you may think that is because I'm pretty strong on music. Really, yeah. In terms of my focus. And uh, the reason why I was doing that was one, you know, a lot of the people, once they were seeing the videos and ch- most of them were children, they were able to use that influence to tell their parents about me. And so right. it was kind of more word of mouth.
0: How did um, you get into it? No, that? So that's
1: how people like, found out about me. So I ended up getting a, quite a few children coming to the office that way. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So, so before it, you did the musically stuff, was you were predominantly seeing adults and then sort of like evolved into seeing kids or
1: We had already been seeing quite a few kids. Okay. And so to be honest, we um, a lot of parents were finding out about us from their kids. Oh wow. And so that influence, like parents, it's almost like when, you know, a child goes to the grocery store and they see a a cereal box and it has like the Captain Crunch guy in the front. You know, like that cartoon character makes them, inspires them to want to buy it and then they tell their parents and their parents get it. It's kind of the similar concept in the office. So, and I think we were, you know, when we have patients come into our office, we do a patient tour. We show them the office and we discuss with them a little bit about all these things that we're doing. And so, Adults were slowly finding out more about us and I think just like kids adults like to have fun, too Yeah, so that so it ended up once I pushed it to Instagram. I think uh, More adults were finding out about us from sense. but going back to your original thing I mean you were asking what inspired me to go into dentistry. Yeah I mean in terms of just I wanted to be able to you know, working with kids is important to me, but part of the reason why I did musically was also because we were discussing at the time to do our mouth guards Uh and uh, most of the time, the children are the ones that are going to be going for that. So it was like a platform for us to eventually um, talk to children about the mouth guards as well and showcase them in videos. And so, you know, that was part of our reason for doing musically, but in the office, I wanted to, you know, work more with, um, you know getting all demographics, but we were really working to get children and doing cosmetic dentistry, mm-hmm. so that was like ultimately my interest. So, most of our practice is doing you know crowns, veneers, mm-hmm. um, smile makeovers, whitening, and mm-hmm. um, all of that. And so, every day trying to raise the bar in that sense right. really inspired us.
0: So, tell me about I mean, obviously, the musically is like a huge part for me personally of, of your story. Um, I mean, your musically is like legit it's unbelievable ah, I mean it's crazy like how good it is um, and you know I love watching all the videos when you post to Instagram I watch all of them they are like incredibly cool Thank what started like what started that like how, first of all what was the motivation behind like you know were you doing it with your kids you like wow, this is cool and I'm kind of like you kind of messing around with it and then you started transitioning that into practice how did you get so damn good at it you know it's like literally professional I appreciate it um, so
1: you know, actually, my kids were not involved at all. Uh, when I, I only know about it through my kids,
0: which is so funny. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: yeah. So my kids were not involved in it at all. I actually haven't really told this story to anybody. So when I first started, uh, Gary was on one of his I think podcasts, or it was one of his Ask Gary Vee shows, where he was uh, interviewing a chef, Marcus, oh. who owns um, the Red Rooster. And he was telling him every day you should post three Musical.lys for one oh. month, he told him. And I was like, okay. So he's giving that advice. I should follow that. I would, at the time, I was doing like one here or there. I wasn't uh, really doing it.
0: For your office? Like you were just kind of messing around with
1: it? I was. And I'll be honest, I was doing it on Musical.ly. I wasn't posting it like yeah. anywhere else. I wanted to see if I was like halfway good at it, yeah. like from my own standards. Are
0: like you I'm into it? Like are you into music? music. Like are you really into, like, you know? Like... I'm into music, okay. yes. Yeah. Okay. And
1: I'm into comedy, like Uh being funny, making fun of myself I think is really interesting Uh to me. So at the time I was doing quite a few of the music leads, but I wasn't really sharing it with people that I knew. And I was trying to get feedback. Uh You know, and then I was adapting. So somebody would look at it you know, everyone was saying really nice things, but I have a critical eye, so I would look at it, and then I would look at other people's videos, and I'll say, okay, that's an interesting way of doing it. Uh-huh. And you have to really know how to ma- manipulate the phone to do some of these things. Right. It's not as easy sometimes as it appears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was taking quite a bit of time trying to figure out just the app, uh-huh. and then it would get updated and have to run it again. Right, right, so right. I was doing this you know, privately. I decided I was gonna do it for one Summer. So when was just this? In-
0: like, what, well, like, what, two years ago, three, like, when, when exactly that was That I
1: think, now two and a half years ago. Okay, okay. So I just did it for, or was it two years ago, two years ago, for that one summer, uh-huh. and basically finished um, everything, and then when I started feeling confident with some of the material, I started posting it on Instagram. Okay. And... It was a decision based on you know I did it on music because I wanted to see as a health care provider I didn't want people to take me as you know somebody who didn't take my work seriously. I wanted to make sure there was a differentiation between me and the type of quality of work that I expect from myself but that I'm also as a dentist trying to relate to relate to patients, in a way that they don't feel uncomfortable talking to me about right. whatever it is they need, right. and just overcoming that initial obstacle that some people have to go and see the dentist. Right. And um, so everything that I do is more about explaining that uh-huh. so that people understand that, you know, you you ask some of my patients, they would be completely surprised at some of the things that they see I'm musically because they see me more as a serious person. Right. I mean, right. I get along really well with them and I joke around, but I make a big differentiation between the two so as long as I'm able to maintain that um, I felt no nothing wrong with what I was doing and so that's why I continue to do it because I felt like it was getting me rapport with people. Uh, and the one thing that I realized is that we're as professionals, we are always concerned with what other people think. Yeah. When we're marketing, we're marketing based on what our competitors are doing sometimes, right. what the neighbor down the street is doing, right. as opposed to coming up with original ideas right. that we could follow. Right. And also we're always looking at whatever it is that we're doing, how, what is that gonna do for us next? Right. Instead of just doing something and see where it's gonna take us. Right. And this is something I like. Where could it possibly take me? Right. Like, let's see, let's keep going with this and let's see what happens. Yeah, that is it's great very, advice. It's very tough sometimes for people to get out of the mindset of having a goal and saying, okay, I need to do this to get this. But that's been a breakthrough for me. Really. You
0: know, yeah. like, you know to amazing. I did a podcast, my last podcast was with a young doctor in Texas and um, great story. We'll be posting it next week. Um, and, you know, one of the things, just when I was talking to him, I, you know, I realized like where I am in my practice now, I've been, you know, I've been in private practice for like 10 years, nearly 10 years, and, you know, been in medicine for longer than that, obviously through training and stuff like that. And the older I get, or the, not that i have you know, not that I'm an old doctor, but the more confident I get in what I'm doing, the more freedom I feel uh, being myself. So I was always like very self-conscious about posting, like, I you know, I'm super into like, fitness and all sorts of stuff, and I was already self-conscious about posting it, but, now, like, kind of like what you're saying, it's, it's me, you know, I and mean, my patients really want to kind of glimpse into me, but I'm still obviously like professional, I take what I do like extraordinarily seriously, and like, you know, right. I'm, I'm, you know, paying incredible attention to detail and all those sorts of things, and like, you know, that's, right. my practice is everything to me, and, my, and patient care is obviously number one, and I always practice by the golden rule, but that doesn't mean that I can't be me, you right. know, and that's what I see in the musically. Yeah, it's it's awesome, you know, because I think patients really—it's not for patients. You're doing it for you, but patients like you because of you, because.
1: Right. And you know, it's funny because a lot of people don't realize, as someone who owns their own practice, the more you put out about yourself, the more you're going to attract, in terms of patients, people who like you for who you are. that's who you
0: are. Yeah. the the
1: amazing um, relationship that you can start creating with these new patients that come in who like you for who you are is far better than any other relationship that you could get from any other type of referral. Totally. And I think that's something that's completely missed by a lot of people. The yeah. more you put out about yourself, the more you attract people who are like you into your life.
0: I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah, I think that's yeah. right on. Um, so, tell me a little bit about, your, about Roar mouth Mouthguards. You know, that's, that's like, uh, I see lots of really cool stuff. Like You did some work with Snoop um, a couple of weeks ago. Right. You traveled, you're traveling all over the place. Yes. Just tell us a little bit about, you know, what that's all about. How are you, you know, getting involved with these celebrities and these, you know, youth football leagues and stuff. I mean, it's pretty awesome to see. So, I think, you know, everyone would love to hear more about that.
1: I appreciate that. I'm actually, so we were doing mouth guards for our own patients. And we found that what was tough to find was that a lot of people don't want to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a mouth guard that's right. custom for their child when they have like what's called a mixed dentition where like the primary teeth and the Mm -hmm. the permanent teeth are changing for six years. So we are trying to develop now something that allows people to get a custom mouth guard that's for their particular teeth. Mm-hmm. It's an impression made of their teeth, mm-hmm. which is custom and is somewhat affordable for most people. Mm-hmm. So we do this for teams. We've been doing it for NFL athletes. We've been doing it for UFC athletes. Oh, wow. And the benefit has been that, and you know, we ended up doing um, uh, Snoop Dogg's, uh, special stars need we ended up doing mouth guards for them and part of the reason why we're getting the notoriety and more people are interested in what we're doing is because our mouth guards we make them for the particular sport so if somebody is in MMA they're going to need a different type of mouth guard
0: mm-hmm. than like what's the difference guards. like what do they what do they need that's special versus like they're going to possibly player. need more layers Okay.
1: and it's going to be a bit thicker and it's going to be a different type of material mm-hmm. so everything that's Considered for the particular athlete is dependent upon how much thickness they need and what the type of impact So how high the mouth guard is going to depend on if they have braces if they have a difference in their arch in terms of Where the teeth are and so we take all these things into consideration when we're making the mouth guard Depending on the models that we receive and the feedback that we get from the particular client
0: so do so, you send like a kit out and someone does an impression and send it sends it back to you? Like what are the logistics exactly of getting right, it? Right. So
1: there? so right now we've been uh, we have impression material where they'll use it and they'll send it to us if it's a child we've been going to at this point we've been going to different teams mm-hmm. and meeting up with them and actually doing the impressions for them okay so it depends on you know how many people so if it's for a team we're actually able to send someone to go and take the impressions oh, wow. if it's for individual people that's different uh, the difference with us is that we also have special equipment um that's quite expensive that we use to actually make the guard. So the amount of pressure is at 100 PSI, Mm. which is allowing complete conformity to the anatomy of the teeth, Mm. which you won't get from like a boil and bite mouth guard that you buy at Walmart and you boil it and put it in your mouth. Right. And so that's kind of where the difference is. And we've been able to differentiate ourselves because I'm a certified sports dentist. I've taken the training to be able to deal with tra- uh, traumatology and dentistry as well as mouth guard fabrication. Mm-hmm. So every design goes through me and we're able to make sure that the end product is of quality.
0: And where are they made? Where are the mouth guards made? Like a- they're
1: made in, um, right now they're made in a lab uh-huh. with the different dental materials.
0: Gotcha. Yes. Wow. So Sounds like some boss stuff. Doing? Yeah,
1: it's, a, it's quite a bit of, I mean, it's a lot of work, I mean, you can, there's different type of machines that can actually fabricate a mouth guard, but it's very rare for someone to get the top of the line machinery that you need um, that's pretty much automated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've seen all the different types of materials. We did, like, three years of research on the different mouth guards and met with different people and mm-hmm. did a lot of um, work before deciding to go forward wow. with this, so... It's been, uh, it's been some time. <laughs>
0: yeah, so uh, every, everything, and you know, it's, uh, to have this conversation with lots of folks, it's like, you know, you see yeah. the end result, like, wow, you know, that's a great idea, I can't, I can't, I can't believe I didn't think of it, or I didn't, I didn't do that, but no one sees like the 10 years of hustle behind it, or like, you know, the thought, you know, I'm sure you had this idea years ago, and they're just kind of like developing it, and working through it, you know, it really shows a tremendous amount of determination, and you know, just, right. you know.
1: I think, yes, like so. you, I'm really about the work. Yeah. Like, I like the work. I like the process of doing yeah. things. Like, I don't necessarily need, like, the awards or accolades or the pat on the back. I actually like the work that goes behind totally. getting something to a point where I think it's of quality. Yeah. So, I think that's what we share in common. It's, Loving it's the process, interesting where these things take us. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. So, let's talk a little bit about just your. Gary V, I'm a huge Gary V fan, obviously. Um as I'm sure you are. Uh how did like that happen? Like, you know, like it's it was I was really like you know, when I was reading that chapter about you, it was uh I was like, totally blown away. Um how did you get involved? Like how did Gary find out about you? Like how has that changed your life? What's you know, are you still involved with, with Gary? Um just maybe speak a little bit about that.
1: So I uh... How I got involved, so I had, um, on his podcast, he actually asked for entries Mm -hmm. for the book. So he said, if anybody's interested in being in the book, reach out to me. So prior to that, I had been following him for obviously many years. And whenever I can, um, which I think is like the secret sauce to any relationship, if you can give value to somebody, do it. If you yeah. can find a way to help that person in any way, do it. And so that's kind of like my motto with everyone. If someone asks me for a favor or wants something, I try to, or if they just put something out into the universe, like I need help with this, or they write something on Twitter, I need help right. with this, I try to find a way to help them. And so that's kind of my approach has been with him and other people. And when he ended up asking about that, on only on his podcast, I think that was actually put out there, mm-hmm. I uh, submitted an entry as to why... I would like him to consider me, and eventually I got a call from someone from his team Mm -hmm. asking me to give more information, and then it just kind of rolled from there. That's
0: awesome. So do you go to, like, book book signings and stuff like that? I mean, you're, you're like, you're a celebrity.
1: Do I go to his book signings?
0: No, I mean, I've seen you at some events and stuff, so, you know, like, any local stuff, like, you know, I've seen you at some of, like, the gallery events, you know, and some pictures and stuff like that.
1: So I went to, uh, I went, so I ended up at one point speaking at Wine Library. Okay, that's with what A couple I saw, other okay, people yeah. from the book. Right. And we were just talking about our experience. So um, <clears throat> that ended up being a really interesting thing. Um, I did go to one event that Gary has every year um, to raise money for Crohn's disease. Oh, wow. Um, and um, at that point, I was able to meet him and finally thank him for including me in the book. So I mean, we've kind of developed a little bit of a relationship since then. Yeah. Um, I know um, one of my best friends is um, friends with him, so it's, you know, I know some people on the team, so we have a bit of a relationship, yeah. but I understand also that, you know, I'm just forever grateful, and yeah. I just constantly, if I can give value back to him, I try to find ways. It's not necessarily in small things, like book signings and things like that. It's more like finding value and you know, maybe possibly trying to introduce him to somebody that he's trying to meet or things like that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's just, it's such a great story. So what's, what's next? Like, you know, what? Yeah. yeah.
1: So I'm just kind of ride this wave in terms of, I've been doing quite a bit of speaking now. So I speak more on uh, social media and business. And so that's a huge interest of mine that I want to take further. So Um, like dental
0: meetings or like, you know,
1: so I've done a couple non-dental, like with just people who are in the business space, and I've done a majority of it with um, dentists. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking to kind of branch out into all sectors because I think that my story is basically similar to yours in that you know I'm I'm coming up from a place of pretty much nothing, had to get my own patients and how I went through the trials and tribulations of starting to do direct mail you know, originally yeah. and then moving on to social media which has paid huge dividends on right. the advertising side as well as the content side yeah. and then constantly trying to branch out from there and staying on top of things and you know, just basically relaying to people the mindset to be able to be successful
0: okay. So do you manage your own social media? Like, do you, are you posting yourself on Instagram?
1: Um, currently I'm um, I have some help with that, but I'm pretty much managing everything. I'm doing all my own comments, uh, um, responding to everyone myself. Same, yeah. And yeah. I pretty much don't sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah, same, same here. Yeah. But it's yeah, fun. Yeah, you know, it's, I really, it's been so much fun for me, you know,
1: I will say though, I'm looking for help now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely need help. I can't do it myself to keep it at the right level. Based on everything that's been going on, yeah, totally. and I've been slacking a bit recently, yeah. so I see that happening, and I'm aware of it. and mm-hmm. I'm
0: trying to find a solution. Well, Let's—I mean, let's not forget—you're running practice, you're doing speaking, you're doing all the musically stuff. Your wife and yeah. a mother of two. Um, I mean, Jesus, how, like, how it always amazes me, like how much my wife can accomplish, you know, the stuff that she <laughs> does around. I mean, how do you guys do it? It's, I mean. Time, Your time management skills must be, you know, I don't, I don't know, how do you do it? I, mean, I have no idea how you can possibly do all that.
1: You know, I actually follow um, Getting Things Done. It's a book by David Allen. Yeah, absolutely. Um And I'm pretty much a strong believer in that. Yeah. I actually originally, when I first started, I thought it was very hokey. Like, I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not going to spend all my time planning but whenever yeah. I am at my best, it's mm-hmm. when I've been following.
0: So, like, like what are like what are some stuff. specifics? You know, for folks that have not read that book, like what? Sure. You
1: know. <clears throat> so, getting things done is kind of like a philosophy on how to keep track of things. I and how I see it, it's more like there's a lot of loops in our life. Like, for instance, I left a message with someone, and then following up on that message right. eventually being able to capture all those loops is really important. So this system allows for that. So there's different ways you have, like your horizons of focus, the way you look at things, what are the most important things, you kind of write those out right. is what his premise is. And then from there, there are different levels down to the nitty gritty of writing down each task, how it needs to happen and putting it into different categories. So let's say you have a list of two call, a list for waiting for a list of two at computer. So if I'm at a computer for two hours, I can take care of all my items that are listed under yeah. that computer list. And so, I mean, I'm not really doing justice to his philosophy, but it's basically an idea of maximizing your time, depending on where you are, the context of where you are and the things that you need to do and making sure you don't forget. So I have a list for waiting for, I'm waiting for nice. Dr. Mudgill to get back to me on um, that dermatology consult. He said he was gonna call me, so yeah. I'll make sure on June 10th, I'm gonna get that call back. Yeah. So things like that has made a big difference for me. I'm all about paper too. i opposed really? to else, yeah, Are you yes. serious? Yes, it's the best for me. I'm- It's
0: like I'm a book, like a that. daily planner? Like that type of thing?
1: Yeah, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> wow, that's shocking.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I'm lugging around like a it's it's the only thing that works yeah well, whatever you works have yeah. so many different projects to manage um i have to see it in front of me i can't have it like in my yeah,
0: phone I got you. yeah i gotcha yeah you know everyone has their own system so i'm i'm yeah. very organized in the same way and for me the email is like the way i organize myself i use like the, that mail app and i kind of you know you can basically like push things off for a day or a few hours and you know so it's the same thing. It's all about, like, lists and organization because there's just, right. like, a lot of moving parts, you know. And, yes. But yes. Uh, I think for a mother, there are a lot more moving parts, you know. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a very involved dad, um, but I would say, you know, like, my wife literally does it all, you know, like, you know, food for the kids, goes to Costco. Like, you know, it's, like, working these jobs, it's crazy. I just... It's a next level, I think, that, you know, that women have, you know, definitely an advantage over the guys. Uh, I don't know what it is, but something special there. I mean, it always impresses me so much when I see someone like yourself who's got this incredible hustle, but there's also, you know, you're in a household also, you know, and you're the right. I just... appreciate
1: that. I think for me, what's been difficult is I always felt as I was growing up that I was always doing a bunch of things very mediocrely right so I was cooking kind of right. and my cooking was mediocre like my you know skills here was mediocre I, that's how I felt and I realized that I was doing pretty well as just being extremely self-critical right but I've seen that all of a sudden like everything has gotten really good like you know what I mean like it's it's unbelievable how like just like in a few a few hints here and there have changed you know everything and so I think it's always like if I can give any words of encouragement to other people it's You know, you have to keep doing what you think is right, but kind of give yourself a break. Like, you don't have to be, you know, the most, you don't have to worry about, you know, if you're not giving like a completely well-balanced meal every day. Like, once in a while, it's okay. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, like, don't, it's just because other mothers are on the PTA, don't think like you have to be at every child, you know, child, your child's event. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. You have to do whatever it is you can do for yourself first. So that you can be the parent that you want to be to your child if you have totally.
0: children. It's like when you're on the plane, you're supposed to put the oxygen mask on yourself first so you can right. help other people, right?
1: Right.
0: Wow. I mean, this was awesome. I don't want to take up your whole day, although I could probably talk to you for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah, I'm, I agree with that. we so uh, talk to we'll Yeah, so you know, we'll, have to, we'll have to get together sometime and, uh, and, nice. it and do it more in person. But yeah. I, you know, I it's really been such an honor to do this with you. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan. And I think you have an awesome story. I think people are going to love to hear this. And, you yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you so and, uh, much.
1: It was great.
0: Yeah, so I will um, I'll keep you posted on when we're going to post this. Okay, all right. Thank good. you so much for being a part of this.
1: Thank you. All right, well, have an awesome day. You too. Take, Take care. Bye care. Like she's a badass. Now. Yeah, listen, <laughs>
0: that coming from one boss like yourself too, yeah, I will definitely tell her because, uh, you know, you're definitely a boss and, you know, okay. she's a boss okay. too. So, all right. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Mudgill podcast. The video of this podcast can be found on my YouTube channel and on Instagram TV. You can find me on Instagram at dr underscore Let's get it.